You would be hard-pressed to find a Christmas card at the Hallmark store with the picture of John the Baptist on the front. (laughs) Drive around Tampa late at night, and it's highly unlikely that among all of the Christmas decorations on people's front yards, you will find a 20-foot-high inflatable man dressed in camel skin. And the next time you're at Target and someone wishes you happy holidays or when a neighbor wishes you Merry Christmas, I would highly recommend that you respond the way John the Baptist would have. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. (laughs) I'm not sure how he does it. But John the Baptist always finds a way to weave himself into the discussion of every advent. We may not like it. It might make us uncomfortable. We might prefer other scenes from the Advent story, placid scenes of shepherds on rolling hills, starry nights with angelic visitations to Mary and Joseph. But John the Baptist? Not really. Nonetheless, Advent just wouldn't be Advent. And preparing for Christmas just wouldn't be Christmassy without hearing these annual words from this wild man from the wilderness. We may try to ignore him, silence him, outrun him, even avoid him, but somehow John the Baptist weaves his way into the story. He sneaks into the sermon of every Advent preacher at some point before Christmas, and he speaks to us representing a tradition. His words and his actions fall squarely in line with that important and valuable Old Testament profession of the prophets who speak often non-conventional and controversial words mixed in with memorable and highly attention-grabbing actions. John the Baptist ate locusts and wild honey. He wore camel skin and leather. And he bursts out of the scene from the wilderness, performing a very odd ritual of dunking people into the water. We don't know what to do with John the Baptist, but regardless of where he comes from, whether it be from the Gospel of Mark or Luke or John, that's three out of the four Gospels, they all want us to hear this message. And the purpose of John the Baptist is always the same, to grab our attention And to tell us something that we need to hear, whether we want to hear it or not. And to tell us to get ready. And frankly, there may be no more timely message for you and I to hear on this wake of Black Friday. On this eve of Cyber Monday. Than the message that John John the Baptist has to tell us. Not too long ago, when I was still living up in Iowa, there was a day when I was picking up my two daughters from school and headed out for a drive to a city that was about an hour away in order to run some errands. The girls, Grace and Madeline, settled into the back seat like they always did, turning on their DVD on the movie player in the back seat, settling in for the long drive while I spent some time in the driver's seat spinning through my head the long list of things that were swirling around on my agenda. 
My to-do list was heavy and it was complicated and it was crushing and I was thinking through all of the things that were on my checklist. Follow-up from Commitment Sunday, preparations for the Thanksgiving meal. There was a big funeral that was coming up in just a few days' time. Advent was starting the upcoming Sunday. All of this happening in a shortened week, just Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And I was going through my mental checklist, check, check, check. I don't know how long I had been driving before I noticed the flashing blue and red lights in my rearview mirror. When the officer approached me, I still had no idea why he had pulled me over. Then he asked me a question. Do you know how long, do you know how fast you were moving? Well, that answered that question. I wanted to respond to the officer, uh, sir, you have no idea how fast I've been moving. Let me just show you my Outlook calendar and my email inbox. Let me show you the stack of work that's waiting on my desk and all of the deadlines I have to meet. You have no idea how fast I was moving. I thought better and didn't tell him that. When he told me how fast I was going, I knew there was no way that I was going to squirm out of this situation. My older daughter, Grace, who was only seven at the time, then looked up from the movie that she was watching in the back seat, saw the officer peering through the driver's side window, and said out loud, Daddy, is he going to take you to jail? The officer chuckled, went back to his squad car to process my license, and I turned to the back and said to Grace, mumbling, I said, don't give him any ideas. <laughs> of course, speeding was just a symptom of my deeper problem. That's always the case for us. When we're speeding through life, it's always just the symptom. It's not the disease. When we speed, we become more absorbed by the world inside our heads than focused on the road ahead. And it took flashing lights and a badge to shock me back into reality. And that is why we need John the Baptist. That is precisely the message that John offers for us. In a time of year, in a season of our lives in which we are prone to moving fast, John the Baptist bursts onto the scene like wailing sirens and flashing red and blue lights in the rearview mirror of our souls. And his message is always the same. Pay attention. Slow down. You're going too fast. And it's time to change your behavior. So you and I always enter the season of Advent with exactly the same mentality. You and I live in an artificial world of our own construction rather than living in a world that invites us into mystery and complexity and ambiguity, which is what trust and obedience is all about. You and I live in a world that is 
pressurized with deadlines and crushing obligations and instantaneous results rather than daring to live a slower life, a life of gradual maturity. You and I live in a world that's speeding through with jaded cynicism and worry and anxiety instead of embracing a world, an alternative world, full of imagination and possibility. Well, we might even say we're not quite ready for Christmas, let alone Advent. And that's precisely the point. We are not ready for the inbreak of God's love and hope and peace to get into our lives and into the world because we are too busy living in a world that we've made for ourselves. And the last thing that we want and the last thing we expect is a message from John the Baptist. And that's exactly the reason that John the Baptist is in every lectionary scripture reading series every single year and why he is totally unavoidable because his words and his actions flash at us like sirens on a police car saying to us, pull over, keep alert, snap out of it. I've been watching you. You're starting to drift off the path. You're getting into very dangerous territory. The speed that you are going in is going to lead you to disaster. And it's time for you to wake up and snap out of it and move back to the center line in order to stay on the road. That's why he says, make your path straight. Oh, this may not be the way we expect to start our Advent journey, but it's always the way we need to start it. And it's the best way to start it by surrendering to the mystery and the complexity and the wonder of the incarnation once again. And brothers and sisters, I can think of no better way to surrender to the mystery of the incarnation than to intentionally and directly create into your life moments of stillness and silence. Noted author and speaker Rob Bell tells a story of a man named Bernie Krause. Now, Bernie Krause has an interesting occupation. He is a soundscape artist, which means he makes a living recording nature, natural sounds, not like a cell phone going off in the middle of a service. Good Lord. Thanks for that perfect timing. Appreciate that. Bernie Krause goes out into nature and he just records natural sounds. And he said back in 1968, 1968, in order to get one hour, just 60 minutes of uninterrupted natural sound. In other words, sound that is not interrupted by manufactured machines or cars or planes or streetlights or any kind of human-made sound. In order to get one hour of pure natural sound, he needed to record 15 hours out there in nature. 
But now, almost 50 years later, in order for Bernie Krause to get that same hour of uninterrupted natural sound, it now takes over 2,000 hours. 2,000 hours to escape the noise that we make on our own. Now, I don't know about you, but it seems to me that we are bombarded by the sounds of a very noisy world. And it is becoming increasingly difficult to escape that noise that's around us. But it is nothing compared to the noise that's within us. I kind of wonder what would happen if Bernie Krause tried to be a soundscape artist for the human soul. What would it be like if he took a microphone into your soul right now? How long would it take before he could record even just one minute of quietness within your life that is uninterrupted by the noise that we choose to fill it with. 15 hours, 2,000 hours, <laughs> 2,000 days. We are bombarded and we are saturated by noise of our own creation. We hear the constant drone of deadlines. We hear the thunderous hoofbeats of obligations. We hear the constant thrum of all of the obligations that are pressurizing us and filling us and driving us crazy with anxieties and fears. We hear the heavy pulse of deadlines and pressures and agendas and to-do lists. And over and against all of this, comes a voice crying from the wilderness like he does every year whether we want to hear it or not and john the baptist sings out to us telling us to prepare for the coming of the lord in our midst by making the ways straight by filling the valleys by making smooth all the rough edges of our lives and to that list we might say silencing all other voices, but God's voice. Now, if I were following my standard formula for sermon preaching, which I try to do every week, this would be the time in the sermon that I would try to get as practical as possible. Trying to end the sermon with lots of practical to-dos, giving you homework for you to work on. It's what I try to do every single Sunday. And this might be the time where I'm tempted to suggest to you that you find ways to invite silence and stillness into your own life. To carve out time on your schedule to be free of commitments and free of interruptions. But you already know that. I might suggest to you that you build a time of prayer and meditation into your morning ritual or your evening schedule. Or that you pick up a resource that will help you along the Advent journey in our bookstore. Or you even download an app that will help you meditate and pray on your smartphone. But you already know to do that. Or I might suggest to you that you try to limit the amount of stress that's normally associated with this time of year. That you cut back on all of your typical Christmas preparations, the party going, the gift buying, the present wrapping, all of those obligations and simply focus on quality time 
with family and friends. But you already know that too. So here's the real question. Why don't we? Why don't we do this? What is stopping you from living a simpler and quieter and roomier Advent? I mean, if that is the theme for Advent this year, that we are to make room for Jesus to be born into our lives, just as Mary and Joseph needed to find room in order to give birth to the Messiah, then what is stopping you from creating space and finding stillness and inviting silence into your otherwise pressure-filled, noisy Advent journey? Could it literally be a matter of life and death? Could it literally be a matter of saving your soul? It's a wonderful story that is told about the origin of a popular African proverb. One day, some adventurers who got together decided to plan an African safari. So they saved all of their money and they bought tickets. They mapped out their safari journey and they hired an African safari guide and some porters to lug around all of their equipment. They arrived in Africa ready for their adventure. They arose early in the morning and they began their trek deep into the jungle. They went hard and they went fast. They saw animal after animal. They went as far as they possibly could in as short amount of time as they possibly could do it. And when the sun went down, they pitched their tents. They made their camp and exhausted, they went to sleep for a full night's rest. And then early the next morning, the adventurers were ready to go again, packed up their gear with eager anticipation to get farther into the jungle and see more wild animals. And then they turned to their African safari guide and the porters that they had hired to lug their equipment around and noticed that all of those locals were sitting still, not doing a thing, not working one bit of work. The adventurer said, what in the world is the problem? Aren't we paying you enough? We need to get going. There's still a lot to see, and we've got to go do it. To which the guide responded with these words, we went too fast yesterday, and now it is time for us to wait Quote, for our souls to catch up with our bodies. Maybe this Advent, you need to wait for your soul to catch up to your body. Maybe the way for you to prepare for the way of the Lord is for you to slow down, for you to stop and to pay attention to the sirens and the flashing lights that you can hear and you can see in your rear view mirror? Will you look for a way for your soul to catch up to your body today and restore balance to your life? Let us pray. Oh God, it may not be a message that we wanted to hear 
but it's one that John the Baptist needed to tell us. And now it's a question of whether we'll hear it and whether we will respond. We confess to you all the noise that we hear and we create to drown out all voices but yours. Help us to prepare for the coming of Christ once again by inviting stillness into our lives and doing whatever it takes and helping us to overcome our common propensity to noise in order to bend our souls heavenward to your voice. Teach us to be still and to know that you are God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.